You're listening to RE Snapshots. Each fortnight, we chat about the science behind the weeds, tackling herbicide resistance, and bringing you the latest information with experts in the field. Time for another Ari Snapshots, and I'm chatting with Ari researcher Roberto Busi today. We've chatted with him before, and he's super excited about joining me this morning. He's not wanting to go out for his run at all. He's happy to stay indoors, aren't you, Roberto? Yes, good morning, Jess. It's all good to be here and happy to do another uh, podcast with you. I'm completely in true belief of that. Well, <laughs> let's kick off. We are going to be chatting about a paper which you did on 2,4-D resistance. Firstly, can you just tell us about the paper, the title, all those kind of important facts? Well, it was an inheritance study in um, 2,4-D resistant wild radish populations. So, we studied the, how the gene is passed on to the next generation. Okay, so 2,4-D resistance, it is becoming more common in wild radish. What percentage of wild radish populations have some form of 2,4-D resistance? Well, we have to rely on the last survey that was done um, in Western Australia by ARI researcher Michelle Owen in uh, 2010. And in that survey, she found that wild radish seeds collected in WA paddocks, 75% of them had some plants that were resistant to 2,4-D. So a quite high number that suggested that some work had to be done and, and that resistance problem was quite important. So it was an issue that needed some attention. Do we know how wild radish survives to 2,4-D? For example, what is the resistance mechanism? Well, yes, we do. And uh, we have to say that uh, on this uh, specific topic, Harry has really led the research worldwide and taken uh, giant steps. Uh, and uh, all this to do with the work that, uh, in particular, uh, Dr. Danica Goggin has done. And she has revealed basically that resistant plants of wild radish can survive 2,4-D treatments because they can much restrict the long-distance movement of 2,4-D implants. And then we will, we will see what that means. But uh, now she's focused on not just giving the pharmacological evidence, but also trying to unravel what the genes for resistance are. And she has already new evidence that means that most likely those plants have an altered oxygen perception. Can you perceive that, Jess? Oh, yeah, totally. can totally figure out what you're going on about there. To fully understand this, we will have to read a few more ARI insights. Yes, I'll have to do my homework. Your work focused on the genetic inheritance of 2,4-D resistance. Why is it important for us to understand the genetics of resistance? Well, my study was a collateral study and basically I showed that uh, 2,4-D resistance is conferred by an almost fully dominant nuclear inherited independent allele segregated at one single locus. <laughs> that, that is, and that was for most of the F2 uh, families that I tested. So what did you find then? Well, I guess that this requires some explanation and try to break it down in, in simple uh, concepts. Basically, the first thing I found is that despite uh, oxenic herbicide having a quite complex uh, mode of action, resistant plants can then evolve a fairly straightforward 
mechanism of resistance to survive uh, those herbicides. That is the first thing that I basically found. Basically, I found one gene only that was explaining resistance, and it is pretty much has the same concept as Mendel found in studying, you know, those yellow and green peas. You know, a quite straightforward story, and the same applies to wild radish resistant to 240. Okay, well, for those of us who are a bit lost, if you could please just repeat your answer in plain English, Roberto. Yeah, basically, again, well, basically, we said already that it's one gene only, so, you know, you, you can't go any easier than that. The second thing that is important, the fully, almost fully dominant gene, means that basically if you have two plants crossing with each other, a resistant and a susceptible plant, basically the product of the cross, the seed progeny, will all be resistant because the susceptible pollen coming from the susceptible plant will not make the progeny being susceptible. And also the resistant pollen going into a, a susceptible plant will make the progeny resistant. So that, again, it is a quite concerning issue that may explain why resistance has spread quite rapidly. And the third point is that is nuclear inherited means that it moves with the pollen. So basically, 2,4-D resistance, in a practical sense, can jump the fence. And so you may have and you may inherit 2,4-D resistance from your neighbor. That would be unlucky, but sounds like quite likely, unfortunately. So what does this all mean in terms of the future of 2,4-D resistance then? Well, I guess that here we could focus on what has happened recently in Australia, what has been documented, and we have seen that a number of dicot weeds have been found to be 2,4-D resistant, and I refer to, for example, cave weed or mustard or salt thistle. I really believe that uh, it is a topic, as we said before, that needs uh, some attention because of the importance of these uh, oxenic herbicides. And uh, so I guess that we have to find a possible solution quite rapidly, and uh, I guess that this research on wild radish is definitely helping to find a common solution that, that can extend to other uh, dicot weeds that have evolved this 2,4-D resistance. And I'm pretty sure that uh, by the progress already made, we will find a solution. And the objective of this research is always pretty much the same, to make sure that we use those herbicides correctly and we try to preserve them as long as we can. In this case, this study is done by Danica on one side and, and mine on the other side, basically uh, allowed us to put together information and uh, allow me this uh, parallel, this comparison. Basically, most of the time, sometimes farmers mix herbicides to have greater efficacy and have better weed control. And so in this case, we have mixed information. We have complemented information from two different studies on one 2,4-D resistant species, which was wild radish, and that has led to an improved understanding on, on how these plants may evolve and may become resistant. And this research, I believe, has great potential to solutions, and we always try to find the, the way of improving herbicide efficacy and potentially reversing 2,4-D resistance in such a major weed as wild radish. Well, Roberto, I'm going to be keeping my fingers crossed that you'll be doing your research, putting in the hard yards and finding a solution. And I'm sure everyone else out there will be as well. 
we have made lots of progress, I believe, and this has the potential to lead to solution. For example, trying to see whether reversing 2,4-D resistance in such a major species as wild radish is actually possible. That would be very cool. Well, let's hope that that is the case. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning and I'll, I'll let you go out for your run. It's a nice day today outside. Thank you, Jess. I hope we have done a good podcast uh, and, uh, you know, today is Steve Powell's uh, birthday, so the bar was already pretty high for us to jump over. I'm sure his priority today will be listening to the podcast later on when it's uploaded. <laughs> Thanks, right. Roberto. Thanks.